All right, ECFL, we back after a week's hiatus. We are back with another episode of Winging It. I am BC Prodigy 2-5. We got a smaller cast this week as I am joined by the one, the only J-Mac. J-Mac, what's going on, my brother? What's going on, man? How you been? I've been good, man. How about yourself? I've been better. <laughs> uh, I've been better. Well, we're missing Ace this week. Ace is out fighting the good fight in the hospital sector down in his neck of the woods. Dingo is out here with the birth of his child, so congratulations to him on that. Uh, we're thinking of you, buddy. And so it's just us two. So it should be a little bit quicker episode of Winging It this week. J-Mac, you want to start us off with our standings? Yes, sir. We're going to start with 16, Ozark Valley. 15, Tennessee A&M, Atlanta Tech at, coming in at 14, 13, Frontier, 12, Central Texas, 11, East Townsend, 10, Palm Beach, 9, Cascade State, 8, Desert State, 7, Atlantic City, 6, Panama State, 5, Chattanooga, 4, Amelia Earhart, 3, Bone Town, 2, Maui State, 1, new number 1, first time number 1, South Alabama. Got any thoughts on this before I start? <laughs> um, no, I mean, they all, if tennis, I would switch Tennessee and A&M or Ozark because the last few weeks for Tennessee and A&M has been ugly. I mean, you would say the same thing about Ozark, but Tennessee and A and M has been has been pretty, and um, the biggest shock is Atlantic Tech at fourteen. So that's that's my biggest takeaway. Tech has fallen all the way to fourteen, coming from that week one win over Atlantic City. Yeah, I don't see too much of a surprise. I mean, I'll, I'll chime in and say that it's surprising to me that Chattanooga can shut out an opponent and drop a spot. I mean, I get it. I I think. Bone Town probably could have stayed at five just one more week, but they also had a pretty effective win, so I won't go against that. I'm fine with the standings right now. I know Chattanooga, we're going to be pretty motivated here after dropping a spot after a shutout. I'll just say that. Are you, are you sure you're fine with dropping a spot? I don't, I don't sense that. I mean, th- there's definitely some animosity to it, but we're not going to get in the league chat and say we're being disrespected being put at five. And uh-huh. not being in the top three like some people are um, uh-huh. have said this season, but we'll just we'll just do it on the field. We'll we'll pitch the third shutout in ECFL history. We'll have the first, the second, and the third. That's fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy, boy, boy. What? Honestly, I'll put y'all at number four this week. I, I think Amelia Earhart should have dropped to five. I mean, but I I mean, you know, Maui was a top three team, so I understood. You know. The, the pollsters thinking, but Bone Town, Chattanooga, that is always up for the day. I would say Bone Town is the flavor of the flavor of the month because you know they they on their winning streak. Same thing with South Alabama, which owns a win over Maui State, so I can see why they're number one. And you know I haven't really I didn't really see hear nothing but from Maui about South Alabama being number one. So I mean, who wants number one? The past three weeks, everyone has lost. Oh. Oh no! Who wants to be number one now? Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with Bone Town being at three. I, I could say that you know Chattanooga beat them, but that was week one. That's a lifetime ago. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I mean, I'm, I think Amelia is at four because they beat Chattanooga two weeks ago, and so handedly, it's hard to rank Chattanooga over them. Um, I'm fine with being at five, but I would have probably put us at four. Okay. Okay. Now, now we got that. Um, out the way. We we want to go to get off my chest or go to the schedule. I mean, we can go to get it off my chest. It's going to be controversial. I'm going to take a couple minutes just to talk to some people in particular. But okay, well, let me get get minds out the way. The from. From the league standpoint, so far in eight weeks, 
I would say that no, that's that's more. Uh, I said what I said, so I say that for later. I say that for later. But you will surprise me who I think is the best defensive player in the league. But go ahead, the floor is yours. Well, you know, and this might just be me blowing off steam because I don't think they're even going to hear it, but I'm going to talk to the Ozark Valley ghosts right about now. Um, I said it, and I think a piece of content that will be coming out here later uh, between some of the most opinionated people in the ECFL, we had Mears, both Diddles, Semi Rage, and myself in a room earlier this weekend recording something, and that should be coming out here in the next couple days i hope and we talked about this topic as well and i went off and i'm gonna do it again uh as someone who potentially wants to coach here in this league at some point any of you who are letting down your coach in doma at ozark valley by not showing up don't come looking at me for a spot you ain't gonna get it you are officially blackballed and that goes for anyone who wants to ghost in this league I don't have time for you. <laughs> We're trying to build something here that's fun for everybody. I get it. It's a it's a it's a hobby. It's not a job. But yeah. even a hobby, you got to put some time into. Yes. So it makes no sense for me to have nothing but a letdown of a coach who is phenomenal, is known widely as a very good coach and you have people letting them down like that. There's not showing up for them. I know Dome is going to clear house this off season. Ozark will be fine. I actually go out on a limb and say they're going to be in the playoffs next year. Um, I would also say that about frontier because I think mirrors and K town are doing a great job with frontier that I would put them in a playoff picture next year. Um, but any of you, because I can tell you, coaches will go ask other coaches what they're like in the locker room. I want to build a culture in my locker rooms. If I get the chance to coach in this league, that's what I want to do. You ain't getting that shot. I ain't going to even pick up the phone to reach out to you. I have no time for ghosts. Well, well, (laughs) you are correct. They will probably not hear this. (laughs) So you don't have to there will be no blowback from these comments because you won't hear it from no one from Ozark. Um, maybe Jim Carr, you know, he he listens from time to time. Jim Carr's on my side with this. You're letting down your quarterback, too. Your quarterback has put his heart and soul into this league. It has <laughs> no help. It's not that hard to upgrade when you get for free. Yes, absolutely. We make it easy in this league. And you're yes, still I'm, not doing it. Well, yeah, I hear you. I I hear you. Um, players that do not upgrade and don't check in and play, you know, it doesn't help at all. You know, it is it will bite you in the long run, especially when it comes playoff time. And as you can see, I think they're on a five game losing streak right now. Yes. So, yeah, it shows in the standings. And I picked Ozark to make the playoffs in the beginning of the year. So, I'm just the same here. <laughs> so, I didn't see this coming, but it, it, it happened next season. The West is going to be just as tough. Maui is a young team. Amelia is a young team. South Alabama, young team. So, I know Frontier is going to be better. I know. Ozark should be better. I'm not going to say, I don't know if I know, but they should be better. Um, Desert State, Cascade, like the West. I have no idea how it's going to be in the future. Future playoff pitches in the West is just crazy. It's crazy over here. I mean, we're going to talk about it later. It's crazy in the East. So, uh, like, playoffs will be tough. Even though, like, half the conference make the playoffs, but it's, it's a tough. It's tough to make the playoffs in this league. So we can move on, transition to the the schedule for the week. Let's do it. All right. 
Amelia Frontier, who do you have? No, Amelia, yeah, Frontier, who do you have? The game's supposed to be games today supposed to be will be scheduled to Friday. I think everyone should know that at that point. But we'll start with Monday since it's on the schedule. Amelia Frontier, who do you have? Um it depend it's it's up there for me. And I know some people are gonna be like, what the hell are you talking about? Frontier has a chance against Amelia. It'll be yeah, I'm very interested to see how Amelia bounces back after that loss to Maui. Um I think they have the weapons to handle Frontier, but Frontier has been on a pretty remarkable run since the coaching change, and that all all that credit goes to Mears and K Town. Um so I think it'll be a lot closer than people are expecting, but I'll I'll take Amelia. Let's go thirty-one twenty-one, Amelia. Uh, of course I pick us to win. If you asked me this question two or three weeks ago, I would tell you it would have been a blowout. <laughs> um, but turnovers is the ultimate equalizer, and unfortunately. Bridges has been on the turnover tear lately. So that I still pick us to win, but I expect the game to be much closer. 35-31, Amelia. Um, and yeah, we moved moved to week 10. No, no, where we at right now? Week yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah. We moved to week 10 just to see who makes the conference championship. Um, so next game, Atlantic Tech versus Tennessee A&M. Both of these teams need a win to for their playoff hopes. I'll go first. I think Atlantic Tech <laughs> is closer to the daylight than Texas, Tennessee A&M. I have no idea what's going on over there. They just had a playbook change. Hopefully that changes up things a little bit. But I see Atlanta Tech, I think Dylan Tate. I mean, they were shut off for six quarters. But these past six quarters, they put up 52 points versus Panama State. No one put up 52 points versus Panama State. I, I think if you combine Bone Town and Amelia, they still have they still don't equal 52 points. So putting up 52 points versus Panama State is big time. And they put up like 30 or 40 something points in the second half um, versus um, Chattanooga. So I say Atlanta Tech is winning this game handily. Um, 42 21. 42 21. Yeah. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be. 38-31 in favor of Tennessee A&M. I think they're going to pull it off last second. Okay. No cut. All right. Tuesday, first game. Maui State versus Desert State. I'll let you tackle this one first. Maui runs away with this, I think. Um, I think 41-14 Maui. Woo. Uh, I must say, I want to pick Desert State, but the past two weeks, they haven't looked sharp. Maui, you know, they're on the two-game winning streak now, and they're, but Maui is playing good football, sound football. They're one of the better teams in the league, so I expect Maui to roll 40. 45, 45-17. We go to the next game, Palm Beach versus Chattanooga. Oh, mm, mm, mm. Let me tackle this one. I'll pick Chattanooga. Because your defense, Harrison Murray, that playbook change has been big time. I don't know if y'all fired your office coordinator. I don't know what y'all had to do. But Harrison Murray played. Play like he should have been, you know, all season long. Mojo still doing Mojo things in that defense. Two shutouts versus two elite teams. 
like you shout out Atlantic Tech, so that that's that's big time. So I I, I don't think Palm Beach has the office to keep up. I say it's twenty one. 2138. 2138, you're giving us? Yeah, 2138. All right. Well, you know, we have the first shutout against the elite team. We have, hey, J Mac, who has the second shutout against the elite team? I, I believe, I'm not sure. I believe it's the Steve. Hey, hey J Mac, they're going to have the third shutout <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> They got off the hey, the they barely got by the prodigy curse against Central Texas last week. Um, they're not going to get lucky this time. You're going against my team. Our playbook is completely different. We're getting Harrison Murray and our offense involved more. Um, to be honest, I expect the tight end position to have one or two touchdowns in the red zone this week. I go forty-one nothing, Steam. What were you the one that said Palm Beach should be a top three team this year? I was also the one who cursed them. So uh, <laughs> see what happens when you don't give me love, Palm Beach. That, you get that, shut out. You did curse though. All right, you'll move to Wednesday. Panama State versus East Townsend. I picked this for the game of the week because I think whoever loses this is eliminated, so it's pretty much a playoff game, a play-in game. Um, so I'm picking Panama State. Their defense is legit. Their offense came through with 56 points. I think Coco is that type of quarterback that can put up points in bunches, so i picking Panama State in a close one, 28-24. I agree. Uh, I'm also taking Panama State. I, I just don't trust East Townsend at this point down the stretch to make the playoffs. Um, so I go 3128. Okay. All right. Nightcap, Ozark Valley versus Cascade State. This is an easy one for me. Cascade is going to win. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be 3528. Um, they're rolling. I mean, not rolling, you know, but they, they're they 500. And beginning of the year, week five, 500 for them, that, that would have been a miracle. So Cascade State, I see them winning, continuing their playoff push to next week, that big showdown with Maui. So Cascade State win this game 42-27. Um, I think Ozark gets 27 points easy. Um, or not easy. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't say that with how much they've been left Doma and car out to dry there. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be close. I would say I, I agree with you on that score. Okay. All right. Atlantic city. Thursday versus Bone Town. I'll let you knock this one out the park. Let me look at conference standings quick where we're sitting. J Mac, are you thinking when I are you do you think it's similar to me that this is a go home go loser goes home situation? Or not not as much for Bone Town, but if Atlantic City loses, do you do you take them out of the playoff picture? Yes. Yes, if Atlanta, no, I'll, no, I'll take that back because I think they may still get in with the fourth spot. It will be between them and um, Atlanta Tech. But I, I see if Bone Town loses, mm, it may get a little dicey for them. See, they're sitting at three and two in conference. It'd be three and three. I think they eat, I think they make the playoffs. I don't think Bone Town has a lot to worry about if they lose. I did say Atlantic Atlantic City would be a potential team to knock off Bone Town down the stretch a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I'm going to stick with that. 
And it's going to be, let's see. I'm going to go that's tough it's tough to because they're both two high-powered offenses i couldn't tell last week with atlantic city i'm gonna go 38 28 atlantic city wins by 10 um you know what i'm gonna go opposite 38 28 bone town i think diddle is playing with supreme confidence right now. Um, they figure out how to get Diddle and Dash involved. Their defense, of course, is legit. They have all three um, levels of the defense. They have playmakers on. So I'll say Bonetown continues to roll to because they're on a five-game winning streak now. And I think it continues to roll into the playoffs. So I think Bonetown wins this game 38-28. So we're going to go to the last game of the week. I think we're both going to agree on this one. South Alabama versus Central Texas. I would go first, South Alabama. They're on a six-game winning streak, so they're the only team that's hotter than Bonetown. They are currently ranked number one in this country, and I think they have hit their stride offensively. So I expect it to be... 49-31, South Alabama. I have a lot more faith in Central Texas coming off that win last week. Uh, 31-24 against a good Desert State team. Um, a Desert State team that I think a lot of us had potentially in that playoff picture for that number four spot. Um, uh -huh. I think they, they have the... Um, the mojo and the momentum to come up just 10 points shy and a 41-31 loss to South Alabama. Okay. All right. So that, that concludes week nine. Next week, hopefully, we're about to go over these conference standings. Gives us a little separation because, guys, I was trying to figure out who beat who. And I, let me tell you, everyone beat everyone. <laughs> so um, the first tiebreaker is conference standings, of course. The second tiebreaker is overall record. So in overall record, most teams are close in that as well. So in the East, we have Chattanooga, 5-0, Bonetown, 3-2. The rest of the East – has the same conference record of two and three. With that being said, who is has your four teams changed? Or you go give us a new four teams. Give me that again here. My mic cut out just a little bit, J Mac. All right, Chattanooga's five and oh. Bone Towns three and two. Panama State, Atlanta Tech, Atlantic City. Tennessee A&L, Palm Beach, East Townsend are all two and three. Are you sticking with your previous pick or you, you're giving us a new uh, four teams for the playoffs for the East? Well, I have it in front of me. My previous pick was number one, Chattanooga, two, Atlantic City, three, Bone Town, and four, Atlanta Tech. Um, Panama State has jumped into that conversation now. I'm going to go so far to say the top two that currently are Chattanooga and Bonetown are locks for me. That's where they're going to stay. Um, it's a fight for three and four. I could see Panama State locking up that three spot here with a couple with a good win this week. Um, and then it's either Atlanta Tech and Atlantic City are interchangeable for me. I think Atlantic City has the better chance of getting that four spot. Uh, but Atlanta, Atlanta Tech could surprise a lot of people. Yes. Tennessee A&M, Palm Beach, and East Townsend are out of it. Okay. Um, for me, okay, so who – so do you have Bonetown playing in the conference championship? Chattanooga and Bonetown in conference championship. Rematch okay. of week one. All right. Um, 
So I have top three teams. I have Chattanooga, Bonetown, Panama State. I have them making the playoffs. Um, number four, I, I want to say East Townsend. I want to um, because their defense. But I, I think they just don't have the offense for this playoff push. So that's why I will go with the best offense and who has the tiebreaker over Atlantic City, and that is Atlantic Atlanta Tech. So that's why I will choose Atlanta Tech for the fourth playoff spot. And I want to say Chattanooga and Panama State for the conference championship, but Bonetown holds a tiebreaker over Panama State, so that I will agree with you and say Chattanooga versus Bonetown. And I won't give my prediction now, but that will be a, a good matchup. <laughs> that will be a good matchup. Uh, the West, we had three teams at four and one. Amelia, two south of the Amelia, Bama, three Maui, four Cascade State. Um, as it sits right now, I think I'm comfortable keeping it. Uh, the other, the change I would give would be I think South Alabama ends up jumping into that number one spot in the West. Um, I know you're not going to like me saying that. <laughs> uh, you know. The last three games. Well, actually, you guys have the tiebreaker on South Alabama, don't you? Yes. But it's a three-way tie for first. But Maui holds the number one spot right now because they have the better overall record. It won't matter. They're going to lose to Cascade State, so it won't matter. <laughs> um, nope. Yeah, then I knock them out. Then, yeah, Mia would be number one if we went out. Yep, that's why I have Maui at three. Uh, they will lose to Cascade State. Um, that is a given for me at this point. Okay. Um, so it's really South Alabama and Amelia. If you guys have the tiebreaker, I think it's going to be hard. I think South Alabama wins out, and I think Amelia ends up winning out. Um, so in that case, Amelia would have the number one, South Alabama two. And I think Cascade, if they end up knocking off Maui, they get the four spot easy. Okay. I agree with you. I think the top four is Amelia, South Alabama, Maui, and Cascade. I, and I agree. I think Cascade beats uh, Maui. And uh, the conference championship will consist of Amelia Earhart and South Alabama. Um, so in the playoffs, it would be Amelia, South Alabama, Maui, and Cascade. Uh, for the West in the conference championship, Amelia, South Alabama. Um, the if, if the listeners don't know, we don't go straight to playoffs. We have a conference championship. So number one versus number two plays for the conference championship. Number one does not get anything special. They may get a ribbon. They may get a banner, but they still have to play the number four team for the opposite conference. So at this point. Who who knows who the number four team in, in the East right now? They all are jumbled up. I would say probably Atlanta Tech. No, Atlantic City is probably number, number four right now. But um, yeah, that's how the playoffs will go. It should be fun. Um, and I it will be major upsets round one, I believe. So, anything else you have on the standings? Uh no, I think I'm gonna stick with that. Okay. Um, we go go quick about the player of the year. Um, you were saying you still have who as your front runner? Offensive, I still have Mojo, and I'm going to get some people going, why? Um, <laughs> those first six weeks Mojo uh, had have really, or at least the first four where he was just on a tear and no one was better. He slowed down a little bit against Cascade, picked it back up versus Atlanta Tech. Um, slowed down against against Melia, but 
even with the playbook change, he still put up 100 yards last week against Atlantic, a very good Atlantic City defense. No one has done enough to catch what he did those first four weeks, in my opinion. So that is why I have Mojo as my offensive player of the year. Okay, do you have a number two that may challenge him, or he's clear-cut far and ahead of number two? I would put Thrasher Baines as my two at this point. Um, but I still think Mojo is pretty far out there in front, in my mind at least. Okay. And I will say um, Mojo, he's 100 yards over Carrington Swift right now. So, and they went head-to-head last week, and Mojo, you know, had a part in his team winning. Carrington Swift didn't have a part in his team scoring a point. So, I will say Mojo is the best running back, and that is thus far as I would go with Mojo. He will not win player of the year because I believe it will go to a quarterback. I know it's cliche, quarterback winning all the awards. But they have the biggest part in their team's victory. You can attest for yourself, Harrison Murray, in yards who losses. So I would say South Alabama is on a campaign to get Mac Mills player of the year. He threw the ball 74 times last week. They want him to win a player of the year. <laughs> so, and I don't think they have any games that teams will challenge him. For the, the last two weeks to make them, you know, they play Central Texas at Ozark Valley. So I don't think those two teams will make um, South Alabama coaching staff, you know, go conservative with their game plan. So I think Mac Mills will look to put up big numbers the next two weeks. But I have Mac Mills, Thrasher Baines, And maybe, maybe Elson Bridges as my top three quarterbacks right now. I think I think Mojo, if he scored more touchdowns, he only has six touchdowns on the year. I know touchdowns are not everything, but that will hurt him with player of the year votes. So I think Mac Mills, I think Thrasher Baines is number one right now. Mac Mills is Mac Mills and Elton Bridges is tied for second, and Mojo and Elton Bridges is tied for third. So that is my top five. If I had to pick right now, it will be. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Thrasher Reigns. Let's. Ah, they got a nasty taste in my mouth. <laughs> so, uh, who's your defense player of the year at the moment, or your top three? What What, are you, what you got? Defensive. Let's pull up stats here. I'm I'm gonna throw Bo Diddle in there just because I think he's going to have a pretty big week the next two weeks to jump him back into the conversation. Um, I'm also going to throw in. Oh, it's hard here. There's a lot of good defenders in this league, which is just a testament to how good this league is. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Kruger's got to be in there. I I'm gonna give you top five because Michael Kruger and Shane Knox are the other two defensive linemen who I think uh, are very good and could win it. Um, and then as far as it goes for just players who could absolutely change a game, Shane Yost, the Desert State cornerback, is a turnover machine. And I will also give. I'll give some. I'll be. I'll be a homer here, uh, and an outside pick, and go my safety here. Give me one second here. I just got to pull up his defensive stats, and go Joey Cass as a another outside underrated player of the year candidate. Okay, so right now your number one is Bo Diddle. Yes. Okay. Um, I believe the defensive line that uh, I call them the four de- the four linemen. They have um, Gonzalez, Diddle, Knox, Kruger. Um, 
they're they will be the well, I, I believe one of them is going to win player of the year. But with um I said what I said segment, I do not believe they are the best defensive player in the league, but one of them will win player of the year. Um I like Knox. Kruger numbers uh, I would say overall are the best. Um, Digger Graves, if he was playing on a better team, he will get consideration. They was a playoff team. Derek Dillon, of course. Uh, Bone Town, they have Cade, Gage, Wesley Jacks. Uh, it's a lot of good defensive players, so I would say top two right now, well, top five is Knox Kruger, um, um, Wesley Jacks, I want to say Derek Dillon, and I like, um, what's his name? Is Hello? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> In the top um, and the fifth one was, I would say it's, hey, right, Lee Jones. I wait, let's go with Lee Jones. I, you know, well, I definitely don't think he's going to win. But um, that is my top five right now. But I do think one defense lineman will win the award. I tend to agree with that. Um, yeah, we can. Go to I said what I said, Sam. <laughs> um, I don't know if you have one, but you know I'll let I, you go first and see if I can think of one. Okay. Um, we just talked about we have a lot of good defensive players, great defensive players in this league, from Frontier Rock Blazer to all the way to Maui and their loaded defensive team. But for me, the best defensive player I, I have personally seen this year, and I believe I've seen, I've seen 90% of the games this year, um, you will like this, but I believe Sean Moore Jr. is the best defensive player in this league. Every time. Big dog. Big, big dog. Every time I see him play, he flashes every single play. Even when he's not the one to make the play, he's around the ball. He doesn't have the tackles like a Dylan or a Lee Jones or um, you know, a Rock Blazer. Um, but his impact, he he flashes, you know that that. Um, that eye test, you know, when people talk about, he passes the eye test with flying colors. He flashes. He, I believe he's the best player on Chattanooga offense or defense. And I think he is the driving force for your team, especially your defense. And that's why Sean Moore Jr., big dog, 44, I would say currently, at this current moment, 8.50 p.m., September 6th, Sean Moore Jr. is the best defense player in the ECFL. And that's high praise, saying he's the best player on offense or defense on Chattanooga. Because going through, I mean, Mojo is the best running back on any team in the ECFL. And that's mm -hmm. no, not an exaggeration whatsoever. Um, I, I'd go so far to say... Doc Boone, Quincy Myers, and Earl Flint are potentially number one receivers on a lot of ECFL teams. I'd go mm -hmm. out and say half the ECFL. If you had one of those guys, they'd be your number one receiver. Um, so that's that's saying something because you've got a lot of talent there. Harrison Murray is an elite quarterback in the right scheme. Yes. Um, I think he showed that last week. So that's that's high, high praise for uh for Sean Moore Jr. But it's deserved praise because he will kill a man on that field. We've seen <laughs> it multiple times happen where he's absolutely destroyed a man and stole his soul on a football field. Um 
I love the man. He's he's a he's a leader in the locker room. Everyone looks up to him on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the ball. Um, he's just a great guy to be around. So it's it's deserved praise for sure. Okay, yeah, that's. I mean, once when we were playing, you know, I won't get into the final score, but when we were playing, every every time on defense, it was like. Because that game could have got a lot worse than it got. He held it together. He held us to field goals. I mean, of course, the the ten of other players, you know, did their part as well. But he was every every time I saw a play being made, he was around the ball making a play. So that's why I am going out on a limb. Shane Knox, you're still number one in my heart, <laughs> but I believe his play, his activity has made him the best player defensive-wise in my eyes. And, you know, J-Mac, <clears throat> I think we do have to spend some time on this on that game, the Amelia Chattanooga game, because a lot of people have been waiting for it. And we'll, we'll discuss the Chattanooga versus uh, Atlantic City game when J-Mac comes back. But I think we do – or not J-Mac, but Dingo comes back because I think it's owed to the league for us to talk about this because it is a uh, – a very much a a topic of discussion that a lot of people want us to have, and yep. uh, so I think we do need to talk about it. The big thing with me is how big of a difference would this game have been if Harrison Murray didn't throw five interceptions? We would have had the close yep. slugfest that we would that we wanted out of that game. I I agree. I agree. Like the the score of the game doesn't tell the whole story. You like I understand it was you know it. Was, I think beat them by nineteen. I think we beat y'all by nineteen points. I'm looking up the score now. I think we beat y'all by. Final score was thirty six to seventeen. Yeah, I was right. Yeah. Um, That margin seems like a lot, but y'all defense kept it. If y'all defense didn't been in the fifth, Harrison Murray for the second time this year, um, he Mojo couldn't get it going. Um, I think Mojo fifty or sixty yards, something like that. Um, and Murray, he just and and like I would say two or three. Was when y'all was fifty, so that hurt y'all. And and because I, I I don't think our offense played all that great because of you know of course y'all defense. Um, I think y'all offense just let y'all down in um, the worst way that that week. But to y'all credit, y'all went shut out, lost. Shut out. So, you know, so y'all, y'all know. So I, I will, I give y'all that. You know, that's, that's, that is another thing that I do want to bring up here because honestly, I was hearing it after the cascade game from some people. It wasn't a lot of people, but I definitely heard it more after the, um, Amelia Chattanooga game is, oh, we know how to stop Mojo now. All you have yeah. to do is key in on Mojo and Chattanooga's screwed. I don't want to hear any of that no more. Because <laughs> Harrison Murray threw like an elite quarterback last week, and Mojo still put up 100. We are potentially, with this scheme, the deadliest offense in the UCFL, if you can get both sides going. Oh, I mean... I mean, so, so, I mean, obviously, you're, you think you're going to the championship and you think you're, do you, do you think you're the favorites to win the championship? Biasly, yes. Uh, I mean, looking at this straight out, it's going to be a slugfest between any of South Alabama, Chattanooga, Amelia, Chattanooga. Maui Chattanooga. I think we're the odds on favorite in the East, hands down. Uh, I think Bone Town is the only team that I could see that I'm really nervous about. Um, 
But they're a lot better team than they showed. We're a lot better team than we showed that first week. Um, yeah. So it, it will be interesting to see if that ends up being the the uh, yeah. the ends up being the conference championship or at any point in the playoffs because we'll see them in the conference championship for sure in my mind. Yeah. And if Belltown wins, you're looking at the same thing. It's the age-old adage: if it's hard to beat a team twice, well, if we take for week one, they take conference championship. Both of us, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a grudge match if we end up meeting again. Um, but that being said, there's a lot of good teams in the ECFL. So any any of the top dogs, South Alabama, Chattanooga, Amelia, Maui, any of them could get knocked out week one of playoffs. Yeah. It's just how things go. Um, mm-hmm. But out of the East, I think if, if an East team is going to make it, that conversation starts and ends with Chattanooga. Ah. <laughs> uh. I like it. I think I think Panama State is a dark horse over there in the East. I, that's they're not favorites. Don't I don't want I don't. I, but I think if anyone you know we were talking about first round upsets of you know the the big dogs top five in this league, South Alabama, Maui, Bone Town, Amelia, and then Chattanooga. Of course, the East don't have to worry about this. We're facing um, Panama State first round, but. I think Panama State, their defense, oh, it's it, it 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 plays on a different level, and their offense just put up fifty six points. I mean, granted, it was versus Atlantic Tech, but they had they showed the potential to put up points. Um, we while while we we was talking about these games, we can uh, quick note. I don't want to spend too much time on it. The Amelia Maui game. What were your thoughts on it? I think Ted Stern did what Ted Stern does, and he games plans well. Um, I think you guys came out a little flat, and that was that was your big issue is being able to move the ball. Uh, I called that game, and <laughs> it was you guys still gave an even even with the score being what it was, you still gave a very entertaining game to watch, in my opinion. Um, but it's another one of those things where it's it's the same as Chattanooga, Amelia. Would things be different if a couple things happened differently? Uh, at yeah. the end of the day, the team game planned well. It's the same thing yeah. as you guys against us. You guys game plan for us well. Ted Stern is always going to game plan well. Um, so some things just didn't go Amelia's way, and that's how it goes. Yeah. Yep. And um, <laughs> definitely watching that game, Thrasher Bane, Thrasher Bane's, Played a clean game outside of that fumble. Um, our defense let um, didn't come through. You know, we I mean we came through in the second half because I think they scored maybe three years. No, they scored ten points in the second half. But um, he's four hundred over four hundred yards passing, no interceptions. You know that fumble, and then of course that fumble we didn't make. We didn't have no points out of it. So. It, it was a wash at the end of the day. So, you know, I would love in the playoffs, you know, with all the, you know, big teams play each other. You know, it, it's close, competitive, entertaining games, you know, exciting games because, you know, fourth quarter, you've been here, you know, you know when it's a fourth quarter, it's a tight game, you get that knot in your stomach because you have no idea what's going to happen. And you're just hoping for like the interception. Like, everyone talk about they want a close game, but honestly, they want blowouts because they hate that feeling in the fourth quarter where you have no idea what's going to happen. That one screen pass ruins your whole game. So, you know, but honestly, I can't wait for the playoffs, that close games. And it's going to be fun. It's definitely going to be fun. Can't wait for playoffs. Same here. Playoffs will be electric. Oh man! Well, I think I, I think we beat an hour this time. I think that's the first time we beat an hour in a long time. You know, one thing I did want to bring up here, J Mac, and I don't know if we're wanting to talk about it at all. What's is that? Uh, what came out? I believe it was earlier this week, or was it late last week? About uh, season two coming up, and okay, the updates on that i mean the high school league 
all that stuff coming out. Uh, it was the 31st of August. It came out the four high school teams and all the stuff about high schools retreating against the college teams. Uh, what's your thought on that going forward here into as we look ahead? I mean, as much as we love talking playoffs right now, we also got to look forward as, as good uh, um, media members. We got to look forward to the yeah. season two. The okay, the college teams recruiting versus the high school teams. Um, I don't get. <laughs> I, I personally don't get. Um, I see where. I yeah, I just I I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. But it's it's what it is. That's what. Um, management has chosen to go with, and that's what we're going to go with. Um, the going to high school is is for one year, of course, and it gives. Oh, I'm just going to talk about high school. What I what I like about high school. What I like about high school it gives players a time to develop themselves in a way. You know, especially that players that come in late, they they get to play. You get to have eyes on them, and um, they get to establish themselves. And the, the college staff, coaching staff, can you know see them play. Um, I think it's a great idea. Instead of having these players just sit and wait and get bored and leave the server because they're not getting spoken to, they're not getting picked up, they're not getting picked on. You know, so I, I believe it's definitely a great idea, and I can't wait to see it in action. You know, the coaches that got chosen, I know they're going to be doing great you know uh, they're you know they're excited about it and colleges you know coaching teams may feel a certain type of way of recruiting against high schools especially when high schools only gonna be there for one year but that's that just means you have to stop your recruiting and, and you know sell them something so that's my take on it i'm I ha- i'm looking forward to it i'm excited for it I can't wait to see how recruiting plays out. And I can't wait to see the first Friday night lights game. You know, that's that's going to be a big time. So, yeah, that's my take on it. I think you're right. I think it's a high school allows for a, a uh, proving ground not only for players but for coaches too. It's, I believe from what I've heard, one season for coaches as well. Uh, and then you – can start to move on to look for head coaching or assistant coaching roles in the ECFL as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're doing full staffs. I would love to see them do full high school staffs of having a coach and head coach, offense, defense, coordinator. Um, I would love that just because I think it would give more guys the shot at coaching who want to do it. I'd love to see it. Um, but it also, in my mind, it's, it's a proving ground for players to weed out the ghosts so we don't have more of the Ozark Valley in incidents of teams recruiting a player when, let's face it, it's exciting to get recruited. The recruiting period is the most exciting time in the ECFL Absolutely. Um, for a lot of people. And once those games, you have a little bit of time before those games started. I don't, I know it won't be as long as it was this season. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was a wait. I will not. Um, but the it'll weed out those ghosts a little bit, those players who really aren't invested in it, but it will also, I, it looks in my opinion, coaches in the high school league have a very unique opportunity to be the first point of contact for a lot of these players coming in who might yeah. be new and showing them what elite is all about and building up this, this not only locker room vibe that coaches, the elite coaches would love to have, but, players love to invest in at that point. Um, I I could easily see having college coaches be able to talk to high school players towards the end of the high school season, give them that early time to start talking, have an in-season recruiting session um, instead and give us a couple weeks off <laughs> of doing just, just letting things sit. Yeah. I know us guys who are within the league a little bit more, uh, in depth as far as play-by-play graphics. I know I did, I've started doing uniforms with Arctic and I'm loving it. Uh, (laughs) 
a break would be nice. Okay. So, uh, but, and just giving time for ketchup, giving time for Arctic and I to work on jerseys, work on variants for anyone who, if we start to do variants of jerseys, um, cause I think that's what a lot of people want. They want the alternate uniforms. They want, they want, <laughs> everyone wants a, or, or uh, Oregon team or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone wants to be the ducks and have nine or 10 different uniform combinations. Um, so it'll def it's definitely would be nice to have an in-season recruiting. I think it'd add just that extra layer. That would be fun. Give the recruiting coordinators who oftentimes may not have the game and not be able to run Sims, give them something to do over the course of the season as well as just being a player. Um, yes. So I think the high school league is great. I know, I know there's a lot more um, teams that Arctic has in the works than just these four to start. He's released images of more than just the four uh, mm-hmm. that are going. Uh, so it, it definitely has room to grow as the elite level grows, but it, it's going to be fun. And I like the, I like the wrinkle to add something new for season two. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a big, a big addition to a league uh, and it will help us out tremendously. Like you said, with the coaches, you know, making sure the coaches like what they're doing, you know, because that, that it can turn them off, you know, if they don't like what they're doing in high school instead of, you know, in college when you're in the middle of the season and it's tough, you know, when you don't want to, no one wants to be last place and have no idea what they're doing. So I think that's a college is a big plus for the coaches that will be chosen and um, for the players that's going to go there. It'll be the first ever, you know, so it's going to be a big time next season. It's going to be big time. It's going to be elite all the way around. And while we're speaking, speaking on elite, you know, we have the uh, all elite teams. We have the player of the year. We have the playoffs in the coming weeks. It's going to be a lot coming at you, so stick around, be around. I think that that could be the key word if you made it this far. Key word can be elite, you know, because the, the coming weeks is going to be elite action all the way around from Arctic, Paul, myself, you, and the rest of the media team. You know, we just continue to move forward, you know, and press forward. You know, J Mac, I did want to get your your thoughts on that jersey, just just to toot my own horn just a little bit, because you know Arctic is the mod god, and I'm just learning. I've been gracious. Arctic's been great, taking me under the wing and just giving him a little bit of assistance. But for the first attempt at a jersey, I know it was released in league chat. What what are your thoughts on that? I love it. I love all. I love the all jerseys. Um, you know, that's especially that's going to come forward. Your particular jersey, I have I have seen high school jerseys, but I don't know. If I yours was in a bunch. What was the name of the team? Chattanooga. Here, I will DM it to oh, you yeah, real yeah. quick. I saw that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that one. I saw that one. Yes, it's the is it black? I think you sent it to me. It's the black one. Uh, no, I sent the helmet. Out. I will send you the full jersey. Okay. Um, but the odd – oh, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, you may, you, you may get a transfer. You may get a transfer over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know me – you got Lee Jones on one side of the linebacker, you got Sean Moore. You know, it, it may, may, may be good over there. Hey, don't forget you got the Ronin and Julian Alexander in that linebacker core for Chattanooga too. So oh, yeah. Julian is another big time player y'all got over there. Um, but no, seriously, I'm never leaving Amelia. Well, I'm a junior, so I got one more year. But <laughs> after that, um, yeah, that jersey is good. It reminds me of my um old high school, but I like it. I like the helmet. It matches everything, goes with it. Um, hopefully Harrison Murray not throwing an interception on that play. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Harrison Murray. He knows I love him. Well, I think that wraps it up for tonight or the week yeah. there, J-Mac. Yeah. And 
I know we were catching some heat in league chat about not having anything out, so people will be happy with this. All right, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm I'm glad we got this out the way. We got this to the masses. Hoping for a good week eight. Get your predictions in. Upgrade on Friday. Playoff push. There's nothing better. Love it, my man. Well, thank you for joining me for another episode of Winging It ECFL. We love you. We're going to rock with you. We're going to piss you off. That's what we do here. <laughs> but we'll be back next week for another episode of Winging It. I'm BC Project 25, joined by J Mac. J Mac, anything else to say? No, sir. All right. On the new CFL, see you next week. Steam on.